On today's episode, Dave interviews actress Stephanie Weir. Stephanie is a veteran of Mad TV, Second City, and performs Weird Ass in Iowa West and Los Angeles. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. He doesn't know who we were, where we are, but you get to, I, you get to a certain age. Um, we just start. We don't, mm-hmm. I don't do any of the what's going on, what movies you're doing, but we might talk about that. Um, and he, so he's 87, he's never been married. He lives alone. He has a house, which is great, in Beverlywood. Okay. Um, which is really lovely. Right near Fox, in right mm. Fox over there. And uh, one day, and I noticed that his clothes started getting messy, and he's wearing the same jacket. And I said, you know, Mark, why don't you let me come over to your house? And um, I'm looking for some papers that you have, like, you know, financial papers, just Go to ahead. see if I can get into his house. And it was, it was the scene in The Shining... Oh, where no. she looks at to see what he's been oh, typing, no. Oh, no. and it's all working up. Let me see. Oh boy, where you go? What? What? Oh no! Like what? What was he? Papers, and there was not a horizontal surface that didn't have papers on it. Oh Like man. like envelopes and and magazines and freebies and handouts and penny savers. You know, uh-huh, yeah, uh, yeah. galaxy of values. It's a galaxy <laughs> in an envelope of values. And it's endless. It's, it's an endless. Gift. We don't know. We don't know where it started. We don't know where it ends. But it's value. Uh, it's just value. So one day he disappeared for two days. And I was like, this is not good. And then oh, we put him no. in the home. But he has, like, like it's a time capsule. Oh, yep, yep. Um, so this love, isn't this a lovely piece That's of furniture? gorgeous, yeah. Um, and then oh, these, it. I've got two of those, which is kind of cool. Oh, those are the really round tables. cool. Um, and a chair, how do you describe it? it it's kind of like an Eames chair, with a, you know, the uh-huh. Eames chair with an ottoman. And that'll oh. go right over there, I'm getting that re- repaired. Um, how nice. Really, really nice, really See nice. the upside of uh, dementia. It you is the upside of really dementia. Nice and isn't that the book you wrote, The Upside of Dementia? Yes, it is. Why, yeah. thanks. That were nice segue. I thought I'd plug the book. <laughs> um, Nia Vardellis wrote a book. You know that, right? Uh, no, I didn't know that. She wrote a book. And it's called uh, New Mommy or Instant Mommy. Oh, uh huh, yeah. About the adoption process. Uh huh. And yesterday, it it came out a week ago, and yesterday it made the New York Times bestseller list. Oh wow! Crazy. That's incredible. Great. People do shit. They think about it and then they do it. Yeah. I admire Period. that. Yeah. But you do that. Uh, to some degree, yeah. I have my areas that I, I kind of pro- do that. You're a producer on a television show. I uh, Still? Yes. Our season ended. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, uh, yeah, I did that. And, you know, I was developing a little bit for Sony and wrote some scripts. And based on a kind of a script I wrote for myself while I was... You know, working, you know, acting and, and kind of forced it down. I had a literary agent and, and, and pushed it. But it was, yeah, it was like that was one of the few times where I saw where I finished something and then was real insistent that I just like, get it out there and it led to other things. But I don't do that all the time. I'm not, uh, I can't claim to have, you know, I've got a great screenplay and, and you know, uh, you know, the list, know we all do. We all do we have those. those yeah, 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 yeah. But you did it and you, you felt compelled to do it and you did it. Yeah. And then you're done with it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and then you kind of send it out. I mean, it's, you know, and then it kind of went through the process, and you, you know, this particular script that I wrote, and uh, where lots of notes, and it, you know, and I got, it sold it, and, and it led to other blind script deals, and got to write some more, you know, right. stuff, so it did lead to something, but it, I hate to say, like, it felt like it was a total fluke that I, you know, You hate to say it, it, or you say it? I hate to say it, because right. it really undermines 
my work ethic or right. my, you know, whatever right. it seems. But it kind of feels that way. It kind of feels like, oh, God, I'm so glad I finished that thing. Right. And then uh, you finish it, it You finished it because you, you, were, you felt compelled to finish it. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't yeah. one of those things like uh, a trudgery. A trudgery. That's right. got to be a word. That trudgery. I think so. Yeah. Sure, it's I think a word. it's either a, a word or ice cream. Trudgery. Well, you go to the trudgery to get the ice cream. Okay. Yeah. Which I was thinking about uh, <laughs> the word cold stone creamery. Right. And I was thinking how nice it would be if it was like cold sore creamery. It'd be very different. It would but be. Totally you finished the script. Group of people. Yes. You finished it and then you took it to somebody. You had an idea. You took mm-hmm. it to somebody mm-hmm. and they went, okay, fine. But it wasn't yeah. that. Quick, but you did that. But it kind of feels in retrospect, you know, like looking back on it, it does feel that kind of quick. But I tell you, that's the key, is like um, having a, you know, because I have a lot of ideas, I think we all do, right. that you kind of swim in and out of love with, and right. you, you know, that can kind of meander. And this was one that I thought, like, this is, it was about, it was, you know, I guess it's been six years now, so it's like the height of... Just before Obama was elected, it was the height of like the Fox TV, whatever, and so it was about a right wing. Fox TV's Fox News or Fox yeah, TV? Yeah, the Fox News, that stuff. Yeah. And uh, all the political pundits. It was kind of political pundit was a relatively kind of new term that was coming that we all knew what that meant, and mm-hmm. we all knew that that's what Ann Coulter was or whatever. So it seemed like, oh, this is like somebody's going to write about this. And it seems like a really good area, and so I think that's kind of like what drives it. But that doesn't happen all the time. No, it doesn't happen all the time. You but you, you, I think that one of the things about having worked at Second City is you go, oh, this is happening right now. This political yeah. landscape is here right now, and I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm just motivated mm-hmm. to get it. Mm-hmm. How many shows did you do there? I did three reviews, three and I just did, I just did something. Uh, with Kevin Dorf, which mm-hmm. we haven't worked together in a long time, and it was just kind of happenstance that we get to play husband and wife. And um, just, you know, it's, it, we don't have a lot to do in this, you know, what to is explore this? Is that. It a, it's, the Brenda, it's a pilot, Brenda Forever. Right. And, um, so he's anyway, acting in it. Well, yeah, he, yeah he, he, he was. No lines. There was this presence of a dad. Okay. And he knows Ellie Camper, and so he, they kind of kind of called him in to right. do it. But anyway, so we were talking, and he, and we were reminiscing about our Second City days, and, and, the immediacy of like writing every night, you know, getting up and performing something, you know, when you're when you're putting up a review, and it's kind of like boot camp, and you do it, you know, six days a week, and um, and he goes, and it was really pretty amazing, and, and I was like, yeah, he goes, I'm not like looking back on that wrong, am I? And I said, I don't think you are. He goes, because it doesn't feel like it get, you know, it goes, and it, he goes, it doesn't get any better than that. And then we laugh and we're like, well, it does. And then we thought for a minute and we we're like, no, actually, I don't know that it does. Because you really, you get, you get the immediate feedback. Right. You know, you have right. somebody's clapping at the end of every work day. Right. Bravo. They are bravoing. They're clapping. It's not like kudos or uh, nice job or thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah, they're that'd clapping. be good. We're gonna, yeah, exactly. They're clapping. You are working out all of your muscles and getting paid for it. You have health insurance. Right, which is right. a big one for my mother, you know. Like, right. you've arrived. You've got health insurance. Right. So you're um, part of a union too. Mm-hmm. And you, you know? didn't. And you know, when you're in the middle of it, you're not really thinking. You you have arrived. You're not thinking about your next thing, or like, or at least I wasn't, or I didn't feel like our cast was. As far as like, I hope this jettisons me to, you know, SNL or 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 any other to Hollywood or whatever. You really feel like you know. It just doesn't get any better than this. I think a lot of I think the people that did have those, those expectations didn't make it to the point that didn't make it to the place that you and I had made it, mm-hmm. which was the, the main stage of uh-huh. it. Because it's like every day that I was there, I was aware of being there every day. I was like, this is what I want, and if and I mention this a lot because I, I do talk to a lot of Second City alumni. If it ended that day, I loved what I did yeah. at that day. And to look at Dorf and to look at the work that you did and to look at the work that. Um, 
Oh my God! I mean, it just you know, uh, uh, Jenna Jolovitz did, mm -hmm. and and um, and Susan Messing did, and Tina, of course, um, uh, uh, and Dratch, and all that. And go, oh my God! I watched the, these awesome people just bloom and blossom and just be so joyful in what they're doing that you couldn't help but sit in that audience and go, these people love what they do, mm -hmm. and they are present in the moment of what they do. They're not on their way to something else because you could tell when somebody is. Yeah. Yeah, you can feel that they're kind of temporarily there and it, and it doesn't feel as heartfelt. Um, but yeah, the entire cast that I had, everybody I worked with, you really felt like you were creating something, you know, great together. And you could tell at the time that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look back on this and, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to feel like it's pretty awesome. Let's Your pretty, characters pretty on that, uh, I remember seeing you because I remember, I think the first time I met you was... Maybe I saw you at I.O. You did I.O.? Right? I did. Mm -hmm. So maybe it was at I.O., but it was certainly uh, the, the audition or the process doing Quick Wits. Oh, uh, You and yeah. Bob came in, I think. Yes, mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, and I remember, uh -huh. I remember that. And I remember, then I remember seeing you on main stage. And there was a groundedness and a vibrancy and a joy that you had on stage. And, and, and a lot of the main stage actors, you, the you and... Uh, I, Boy, I always think about this. You and Corral, where you'd look at these, you'd look at, the, 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 I'm putting you two in the same category. You oh. and Corral, and you, you watch them, you will watch you, and there's a vibrancy and a warmth that you have and a presence that you have. And I remember characters that you played that were just so bright-eyed and, and present to everybody on stage. Oh, gosh, and thanks. that can't help but make you love what you're doing in your, in your, in your work, in your life, and then other and people are drawn to you. That's nice. Thanks. Don't you think? Uh, I think I'm drawn. I feel that way about Steve Carell for sure. Um, totally. There's like there's something. Yeah. There's a positive th that you're not hinging your comedy on. I, I love Louis C.K. Mm -hmm. And uh, so brilliant. I could never do that. I don't think that's my essence or my you know as as hard as I you know may try to. Feel like yeah, I can kind of have that kind of perspective on the world. If it doesn't come naturally to you, it doesn't. And I think uh, uh, I don't think he's he, he seems quite happy, and, and he doesn't seem like he's hurting. But I would feel like that's a tough place to live in, kind it of really that. You know, that, that's just not me. I'm not too much of a curmudgeon. But I live with you know. I'm saying you know, my husband. He's not a curmudgeon, but he does have. He has kind of a bit of that side to him in, a, in kind of a fun way. Um, well, he's, there's an honesty that he has mm -hmm. and a passion and energy behind that honesty. Mm -hmm. um, and he's not for loss of an opinion. Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. We're, yeah. And it, that's, you know, it's fun at parties. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't ever need to talk about this as 40 again. Ever. <laughs> ever. Uh, <laughs> um, right. Right. Or you know he's he he's got some very interesting dietary his whole you know he switches up his diet quite a bit and wants to fill you in on every you know twist and turn of it which is <laughs> and he doesn't mind being the butt of the joke because that's that's why I will listen is so that right. I can take little sound bites and call my mom or my sister or one of my friends and be like you're not gonna believe you're not gonna believe what this man did today. <laughs> he was on. I'll tell you, he was on an apple fast one time. Mm -hmm. What's one an apple? I'm just eating you apples. Just eat apples, mm -hmm. and then, oh God, I'm probably getting the details wrong. Then you have to. It's supposed to get these stones out of your body, and then you stones have, like like kidney stones. I don't know. Something. Yeah, something stones. If he was here, he would tell you. Uh, he, some sort of a stone. 
day. All right. Um, I'm sorry. That's in your, in your, maybe your bladder, I don't know. Maybe your bladder, your stomach. What? Did he I'm have them? Sure. Was he diagnosed no, with them? No, he, every, this book he read, everybody's got them. And they build up and they cause problems. And so you do this and then you do, you drink Epsom salt at one point at the end of it and like a vat of olive oil or whatever. Not but it's green apples and it's green apples. It doesn't right? matter. Wait, wait, wait. You can't gloss over the olive oil. No. And you said a vat. Well, I say a vat, it was probably like a cup, but it was a lot. A cup is a lot. It is like a lot, right? Like two tablespoons is a lot. When it comes to olive oil, that equals a vat. Well, no one uh, goes uh, like, you know what I could go for? A frothy glass or an ice cold uh, glass or even a hot cup of uh, olive oil. Yeah, there's not a little shop on Larchmont. It's like, no, oh, there's not. There's not. There's not. Gonna not. Pass, in the, in the, the mall, coffee. you mm -hmm. don't see those girls wearing those stupid hats, mushing up no. the olives and then going through the machine and you're going small, medium, or large even, and punching your card. Even the Italians have the common sense to know, like, we serve it in a little dish with some dipping bread. <laughs> we throw it on our pasta. Right, right. But nobody over there is promoting that you drink uh, no. that I know of. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong here. I don't, I've never been to Greece. I've never been to Italy. But I, I can't imagine somebody saying, do you want a cup or a glass or a cup or a bowl? Mm -hmm. Even a bowl. Mm -hmm. A bowl of olive oil. Yeah. Well, so, when, he had a, so he drank it. So then you it. drink it. And if you, you know, something's going to happen to you when you drink all of that now. And something did. And, you know, it kind of flushes out of you. And I just remember him being like, oh my God, you've got to come in here. I'm sorry, but you have to see this. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now, were there his, theory, his theory is that they were, they were stones. <laughs> little bitty, tons of little bitty stones that he was able to purge from his body. Now, to me, it looked like green apple covered in olive oil. <laughs> and I'm sure somehow the Epsom salt breaks it all up into pebbles of some sort. <laughs> so, and I mean, I really had to restrain him from taking photos because he was just like, this is incredible. I'm a believer. I'm a believer now. He's only done it once. And that was probably... I don't know how many years ago, but now he's on a whole other thing. We're vegetarian for uh, forever. I was a vegetarian when I met him, uh -huh. and you know, I just because I, I never really liked meat. I didn't, I didn't have a huge philosophy behind it. I just knew it, it just felt better if I didn't eat meat. Mm -hmm. And then when I got pregnant, I uh, I was kind of craving it and decided, yeah, I'm gonna have you know meat or whatever. And Bob's like, what? What? We're, we're eating meat? Do you know? But all these books I've read about you know about meat, and then he started kind of looking into like some of the more positive aspects of meat. And so he, I mean, literally, this was a guy who was a bit high and mighty about eating meat, hadn't eaten meat in, I think, 15 years, and then we, we made the choice to eat meat, and he was like, I think I'm gonna go to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. And <laughs> That's was amazing. there in a matter of days, and so then we're eating meat, and there's just no apology. You know, in his mind of, you know, kind of like turning his back on this whole agenda that he had before. And that's what I love about him is that he's just so passionate about something. And then when he does turn, like he ran a marathon by himself. Um, oh, I did with a marathon. I trained for a marathon and I did it with other people, a group uh -huh. I never would have made it. Oh, I see. He did uh -huh. it. He didn't do the whole raising money thing. He just set out to run this Chicago marathon and mm -hmm. then he would go and run, you know, in whatever, 18 miles by himself with his headphones on, which I could never do. We went to the marathon. We watched him. I had my daughter by then. And so we watched him cross the finish line. And that was, I guess, five years ago. And he has not run since. <laughs> has not put on the shoes. Hasn't even. <laughs> Isn't that a 
incredible? <laughs> it's really Isn't incredible. it really wonderful it to really not? It really is wonderful. Yeah. It is. It's that feeling of, I did that, okay, now what? Yeah. And not attaching yourself to anything. Yep. Because I think people go, oh, well, I guess I'm that person now. Yes. Like, no, you're not that person now. You're mm -hmm. a person that has done that. Yes. He's a jujitsu person now. Is he? Sure. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, he brings me such joy. He I played with him last week. I played with him in quartet last week. And, and <laughs> he's, he's like this bee that always like goes, You know? That's he's a like, great oh. way to describe him. He is kind of like a, a bee that's you're swatting at and you're, you're batting going. away. And like, I hear you. Yes, you're right. here. Right. And then he goes to land somewhere and be like, I was just making some honey. I don't, don't you like honey? <laughs> yeah, actually, I do. I really love honey. Right, right. You're right, right B. You're not so bad. Come oh. here. <laughs> come here. Come here. You guys work, you work so well together. Oh, and thank it's, you. I think we're really, those of us who have found a, a, an improv partner, um, it brings me such joy when I think about uh, working with people like Carrie Clifford, who I work with all mm -hmm. the time, and having worked with Susan a number of times, and people that are so connected to you and listening to everything that you say, mm -hmm. every word that you say, and are just going, I'm here to support you. Yeah, yes, and, and I know that in Bob. Like, I've worked with him long enough, sometimes I take it for granted. Like, I do know he's excellent to be on stage with, and that he's always going to make me look good, and he's always, you know, whatever whatever we've encountered that day in our, you know, personal life, it never is going to show up on stage in a bad way, meaning right. if we're, you know, t whatever. It can't Just help but show something. up in some way. In some way, but a creative way, but it wouldn't, like, right. ruin the show. No, 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 and I don't, I'm, I mean, like, whatever it is that I'm going through will surface on stage in a scene mm -hmm. if I'm reading a book or mm -hmm. if I just had a conversation with somebody about mm -hmm. it, but that's about living your life. Totally, yeah, and using and pulling from what you, from your life, and right. I think that, yeah, that's kind of the... But not psychodrama. It, not therapy, yes, exactly, not using it in... in in that way. And you know, it's really been kind of a, a mark of our relationship to grow because we've tried to write together quite a bit. And we did a show, a written show together just before we got married. And, and I think Bob was. Out here? Uh, it was in Chicago, what actually. Was it was, what, what were we calling <clears throat> it? It was a weird ass, oh boy. Oh boy. He's going to be mad. Um, Unmentionables. That's okay. what it was called. Um, Where'd you do and it? We did it at uh, the Second City, ETC Space. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was really a fun show. We had a great time. We did it out here just a couple of times, but I, I just wasn't into it. And we were, we, it was at the I.O. Space, and you could kind of hear the nightclub next door. And, right. it, and it, just, it just didn't land. But anyway, Bob was always like, you know, we should try to remount the show again. But when we did that, that show, just before we got married, uh, Tracy Thorpe was directing us. Mm -hmm. And I think she did more counseling than anything on how to work together. Because he's, you know, I take him for granted, and I give notes when I shouldn't. Like, I would never do that to somebody else I performed with. I never, right. for the most part, never, you know, would treat someone, you know, in their artistic vision that way and kind of force bully him into my, you know, what I, what I think is right. right. And, um, and so we've really had to kind of come a long way. And even improvising, not giving notes right after our show. That's right. my bad, all my bad stuff. Do you, so when you walk off stage, do you, do you still do that? Do you still I don't. Like no, I don't. And if they're, uh, I'm just not as critical. Right. And uh, the shows are better for it, you know, and it's all you're about judging. You're not as critical on, or you're not critical? I'm not as critical. I, I can still be a little bit critical, and I think in a good way where I can say, you know, we, you know, we probably should have edited there. We, right. we should have. And he has the same wherewithal. But it doesn't, ha uh, I think, 
before it used to frustrate me to a, a, an unhealthy point. Mm -hmm. That makes sense at all. No, I get it. It I was totally like it, it. It, it totally was. Not that the audience knew I was bringing some of my my therapy on stage right. with my husband, but it right. would affect us off stage, and that's no fun. You don't want to perform with somebody when that's happening all the time. So no, and, and anything, anything that that is a, a, a governor on the creative process that is slowing down the creative process or is making you steering you in a particular direction. Mm -hmm. This is our relationship on off stage, mm -hmm. and then it's got to be on stage. It's like no, we get to go where it is that we have to go. We get to go where it is that we're led by the scene. Not mm. by our relationships. To say, oh, you know what, I, um, uh, you know, my partner, my 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 partner, my girlfriend, whatever. If I'm performing with her, she's going to be upset if I bring this up. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, because my personality is not on stage. Right? Yeah, yeah. You mean your girlfriend would be upset if you brought? No, I'm just up, saying. I'm saying, saying I'm not going to do that. Oh, I mean, okay. Well, first of all, I don't have a girlfriend, but I'm oh. not going to do that. I mean, if my girlfriend and I were performing together, to be up on stage and to go, oh, okay, I can't say that because. Girlfriend named Denise, right. whatever. Um, she's up, she'd be upset if I bring up. And you know, you know where the right. line is. It's not but like everything. I'm saying I would do it. I would oh, bring it up. Oh, oh, That's oh. what I mean. I would bring it up because our relationship doesn't belong on stage. Any part of that relationship, in terms of what our history is, how we live together, what our issues are. I don't think I'm saying this in the right way. Um, uh, I, I get to say whatever I have to say on stage. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And my characters get to go wherever they're going to go. Mm -hmm. And I tell my students, your personality is not allowed in the room. So what I mean by that is, if you say that I need for you to be a killer, you know, mm -hmm. I've, just made, I've endowed you as a killer. Mm -hmm. You can't, you know, the idea of thinking to yourself, oh, my dad was accused of murder. Uh -huh. And I, you know, I can't do that. Uh, right, right, right. But I need for you to do that. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. if I give you a script, and you're, gonna, you're not going to go, look, I, I'd love to play Hamlet, but my dad's a little crazy, so and if we can tone down the crazy Hamlet. It's too close to home. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Right. And I think, yeah, I think Bob and I operate that same way, too, that, that, uh, it's not like you're stepping out of the scene and saying that, or outing someone, I guess. You know what I mean? Like you're not outing yourself or your personal stuff in that way, but you are using it. Right. I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah, we yeah. are. We okay. are. Um, somebody, uh, I think James Grace was sitting here talking about you in the podcast, and he was mentioning how um, you have <laughs> a character that you that you were screaming about an AIDS baby. Oh, yep, I do remember um, that. And he was saying, like, that sort of thing where, where you're, you're doing it in a, but I, you know, trying to get sympathy for yourself yes. in that scene. And he had described it very well. Uh, I didn't see the scene. But what I loved about that, and it's what I love about so many of us, mm -hmm. is these are, we get to say what it is that we're saying with respect mm -hmm. and not as a joke. And I know that exact scene, and I remember being on stage and thinking, because it was a very touchy kind of area, and it was set up where, you know, it's kind of heightening a game a little bit, but it was coming from a genuine place versus what you're saying is like the jokey, you know, area. But even as I was venturing into it, I was like, you know, this could really bite me in the ass. Right. This could really come off terrible but you if I don't commit 110% and if I don't blink. You know what I mean? Like if I don't feel terrible about it, then they're not going to feel terrible about it. If they see it in my face that I'm like, <laughs> Right. Uh, but it's also the people that are around you, too, that are on stage with you, performing with yeah. you, who oh. are supporting that choice that you're making, knowing mm -hmm. full well that the, where you're coming from is a genuine place. Yeah. Yes. And I will praise 
Bob Dassey again, and this is, you know, he and I both have this philosophy that we don't try not to praise, well, that's not true, we praise each other all the time, but that you're destined to break up, you know, if you if you speak too highly of your relationship. And so uh, we, you know, try, try not to go there too often, but I seem to be doing a lot today, so, it, you know, watch out. Um, but uh, he's never, ever, ever gone off stage and been like, what? Were you, th- what were you thinking with that one? Even though if I've done something and I felt it, you know, you know, he 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 just rolls off. His, you know, he just I don't know. He kind of accredits credits it to improv. Like that's part of the world, and you might go to a few dark places, and nobody holds any grudges. Whereas I have said not about his material level, but about some other things. Like what? What was that choice? Well, but, but <laughs> off stage. Off stage. Off stage. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right. Right, right. Yeah, which I like again. I've grown. I've tried not to try to take take a note from him and not you know do that anymore. I love the, the idea of taking a note from somebody and and because you look at somebody's finer points and you go, how do I get that? Mm-hmm. How do I how do I attain that calm or how do I attain that peace? Right? How do I attain that that level of creativity? Mm-hmm. And it's like watching that person and saying, oh, that's how they do it. Mm-hmm. They're just genuine. Mm-hmm. They're just committed. They don't question themselves mm-hmm. of what it is that they're going to do because the moment that you start questioning yourself, I think you're screwed. Yeah, I think you're looking back and you're not watching where you're going. You're like, what did I just do? Right. And then and then you do kind of lose your way a little bit. But if you're, you know, if, yeah. Yeah, if you don't look to side to side and you keep keep it moving in a genuine, honest place, then uh, then you're good. I think. And, and to be in a creative space, to be able to go, I'm going to just keep moving forward because everybody else is going, come on, come mm-hmm. on, you can do that, come on, you can do that, you can do that. And again, it's the trust thing that I had at Second City. The cast that I've had at Second City, again, you know, going back to the Dorf thing, um, the cast that I've had and the directors that I've had, for the most part, have really been enablers and nurturers in, in the most creative of ways mm-hmm. and have said to me, what is it? And who said it? James was saying it. James Grace was saying it. It's like, if you have an idea, come to me and I'll say yes. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the people at Second City where they had an idea. They said, we, whatever you want to do. And they go, yes. And then it takes you a bit of time to say, to go, oh, they really mean that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the directors really mean, like, what is it that you have? Let's see if we can work it out. Yeah. And then you go, okay. And then you leave there and you spread that around to everybody. Like, oh, yeah, you can create <clears throat> this way. It doesn't have to be such a, you know, like shooting thing, you know, just like taking the first suggestion that somebody yells at. And right. And like, this will work. We could certainly make something wonderful out of this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then around, again, to be around people who go, what do you got? What do you got? And know that you can open your mouth and people are going to go, I like that. Or they'll say, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Or they'll say, let's try that. Mm-hmm. And then you get to try that. That is, yeah, it was pretty, <clears throat> that was pretty uh, amazing experience and not one that I've felt as holy, you know, in in my career since you know you just realize how rare that is mm-hmm. and and you know it, it, uh, and I'm not complaining I guess about the whole Hollywood business thing as far as you know so many cooks in the kitchen and it's because it is just part of the part of the part of it it's an industry yeah and in order for an industry yeah. to work all those elements have to be part of it and I think at Second City that wasn't an industry right but it was a business mm-hmm. so you got the you you got a piece of the business you got piece of the industry in the business. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. A little piece of it. Mm-hmm. And then you, we come out here and we realize commerce and um, uh, I realize we, uh, the union of uh, the marriage of uh, the artistic choices and commerce and how that works. And also, <clears throat> so I've been watching a lot of uh, YouTube videos of, of, of you and Mo Collins and um, 
and, and Kayeti and Frank Kayeti and noticing that all of our voices are so strong and this, the strong voices and the choices that we make and the trust that we have because somebody says, I want to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. Your voice. Your unique right. voice here. Right. And yeah, I think the biggest, the, the worst <clears throat> thing that you can do is start trying to manipulate your voice to make it sound like other people's voice or what you right. think is going to, what you think is selling right now or what you think think is the way to go. Right. Um, because it, get, it gets altered enough as it is. It's going to, I remember being at Mad TV and there was a, a, you know, I had an adjustment period of being like, this isn't Second City. This isn't, I'm not going to really address a lot of political issues. I'm not going to end these however many minutes I have. Like, you know, it's, it's not meant to be that outlet. It's silliness and it's fun and it's, you know, you just have to be a team player here. And once I kind of got on board with that and let go of some other things, I had such an amazing, amazing time there. It was, it was really fun and really wonderful, but it wasn't Second City. No. And it wasn't, and it couldn't be. It could it, it would be. not be, you know, it wouldn't have had the, the fans or, you know, at 11 o'clock on a, on a Saturday night, people weren't really on this particular channel, not interested in getting into anything too heavy or too, <laughs> right. you know, too thought provoking or too genuine or, you know, whatever. They just kind of, you know, wanted wanted to laugh. We yeah, wanted six minutes of silliness, of stupidity. Of really some stupidity. Oh my a God. I look at your stupid ideas in a positive way and I look at Mo Collins' stupid ideas in a positive Thank way. There's, there, there's a Venn diagram where both of you guys cross over and there's a physicality that you both have oh, thanks. in that way. Thanks, thanks. I, I think Mo's hilarious and I think she is just a, such a terrific physical comedian. She's got a great command over using her body, you know, she just doesn't improvise from her head up and I no. admire that and the She's fearless. Yeah, she te- definitely is totally always has kind of been and that's just something you can't learn or well, you can learn it, but I think some people are lucky enough to just kind of be born with it. And and she's been through a bunch of shit, a bunch of and we've talked about it on you know, mm-hmm. on, I was going to say on mm-hmm. a show like I have a show, but she we've talked about it and she's been public about it mm-hmm. um in her marriage and then you know uh, and now um uh, her engagement with Scoob, uh, Alex, Alex, and um, uh, her cancer, mm-hmm. and all of that, and and uh, man, just sitting here listening to her, just be so strong. It's like, God damn it, you're good. <laughs> you know, you yeah, look at people and you go, I just can't believe I know you, and I can't believe that we talk, and I can't believe that you talk to me. You know, those kind of things where you go, Oh Absolutely. my God. Yeah, yeah, she's a strong, <laughs> she's a strong lady for sure, and and. Uh, you know, all those things. I don't know. She's got a really good skill too of of knowing how to use life's hardships in a creative way and finding a creative outlet for those things. You know, right. I, again, it's like a, you know, it's a tough thing to do. I feel, you know, it goes without saying. A lot of comedians have rough backgrounds that they draw Everybody from. Does. Yeah, to some extent, and and. Bob and I often talk about like, oh God, our kids are going to be so boring. Like we got to jazz it up a little bit. We need to, we need to create a little damage. We had a show in San Francisco. Uh, oh gosh, I guess it was last year. And, um, you know, it's stressful because we, and we brought them with us and, um, they're, they're, they were, they're three and five. Okay. And, um, and so, so they're, they're two and two and four, uh-huh. um, at the time. And, uh, we were going to be gone for, we, the person that was staying with them, we knew uh, well. And so she was coming and going to babysit. And we were going to be gone literally for four hours just to leave, go to the theater, do the show, maybe chat afterwards and come back. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so 
So we leave them there. They're all good. Everybody's fine. They're watching some silly movie or whatever, and they don't seem stressed out about it. I'm the most stressed, you know, as far as like, ooh. Uh-huh. Anyway, so we're about to go on stage, and I text the babysitter. We're just about to walk on stage. I text the babysitter just like, hey, how are things going? She says, great. There was a fire, and we had to evacuate the building, <laughs> but everything's okay, and we're back inside now. And so I was just like, what? 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 What do you mean a fire? And don't worry. Things are good. The kids are, you know, watching, you know, have a great show. And so I was well, why don't we use that? So we went on stage and we're just kind of like, so, you know, here's the text we just got. You know, what, what as a suggestion, what's a text, an unusual text you didn't expect to get or whatever. Right. So we kind of used it. But then when we got back, I mean, the, it was 11 o'clock. The kids were still awake, still talking about the firemen. There was, I guess, a small kit fire in the kitchen. And... The sitter didn't, they didn't put their shoes on, so she had to carry one of them. And then a stranger offered to carry my daughter down the stairs because you couldn't use the elevators when we were on the fifth floor. Anyway, it was a very, I'm like, oh shit, they're going to remember. I mean, that's that's something you remember. That's one of those things you wake up when you're older and be like, was I in a fire? Was I in a fire and you weren't there? And somebody carried me down and there was a, wasn't, wasn't I? You were, you were doing one of your shows. Um, you and daddy were going to your show. Um, and so the bad side of that is I was like, oh, bad parent. The good side is like, oh, she's getting her one woman show together. She's, she's going to be interesting. She'll be interesting. She won't be boring, I hope. So. Right, right. Yeah. Got to look at all that. I've, I've got some memories where I think, I mean, even being out here, I've, I've been out here for, 18, or 18 and a half years or 19 years. And I think, did that happen to me? Did I do that? Like, like, in a, like, like an event or a party or, oh, you know uh, what I mean? Yes, you, yeah. Because so much shit happens when you first come out here. And it's, uh-huh. like, a, it's, like, a, uh-huh. it's like a rebirth. Yeah. When I came out here, it's like, I was surprised, and I, I, I haven't thought about this in a while, but I, I was surprised, I know this sounds weird, I was surprised that people spoke English. In Los Angeles? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I came here thinking, People speak, they speak English here, right? They speak English. And, but it was such a different world than Chicago. Sure, yeah. How old were you when you moved out here? Um, and was it the first time you'd ever lived away from Chicago? Except for college, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, let's see, I just turned 54 yesterday. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, it was really great. It was a great birthday. So, uh, so let's say 18 years, so 36. That's I was 36. To have not, see, Bob was... Almost 30, 30 when he moved to L.A. and had never lived outside of Chicago. Uh-huh. I, but I live in DeKalb, so which is just outside Chicago. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, and him, too. Actually, yeah. he, he would drive to DeKalb. That was what he would do. Uh, but, <coughs> but uh, yeah, it's a, I think it's a tougher adjustment. Yeah. I think it is like a real jolt. Did you have a hard time adjusting, or were you pretty good once well, you Well, I got it? married, and then I got married in September 90, I'm sorry, September 94, and then I moved out here in January 95, and Katie moved out here in July of 96. Oh, wow. So we wow. Were, so there was that whole thing. Yeah. And I lived with my, um, with huh. our, our with, with sort of like my brother-in-law, Katie's sister's uh, boyfriend, and I lived with him in Glendale, and... Uh, so there was an adjustment. Yeah, there was adjustment living on somebody's couch and yeah. not being with my wife and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. So there was that adjustment and living alone for the first time, really. Mm. Um, so there was that adjustment too. And the cities. This city is particularly hard, anyway. Moving do you out think here. so? I d- well, what I do. Mean? Yeah, I, I kind of do. Um, because I felt like I, I when I moved here and Bob was still in Chicago and I knew people out here. Were you married? We had not gotten married yet. We we're just uh-huh. about. Yeah, we got married like 
six months later, and then he came out. Um, but I never saw anybody, which just seems to be a, a familiar complaint. It's like you're just kind of isolated, you know, even though it's a big city right. and you do get together, you have to right. make such an effort. It's not like Chicago where you hop on the train and you can kind of find pockets of people. Right. They may be changing now because there's such a big community, improv community. That's, there really is. It's so great. That's set up. And, it, it, you know, that's you can, you can always count that on any night of the week those doors being open. And that wasn't quite the case when I first moved out here is that right. I.O. was just, you know, established and open. Um, and there was so no yeah. there there. Right. I mean, it was on. Was it on Santa Monica Boulevard then? It was. It was at a complex. The complex. The complex yeah. 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 So you couldn't was. go there, and there'd be people hanging out. You right. Wouldn't go exactly. at night. There was no place to hang yeah, out. Yeah. There might be a show going on, but you couldn't just, you know, if you had a night free and you were feeling I needed your local bar to go and see a friend or Which whatever. There, isn't, so. there wasn't. Uh, here isn't. There here, really, really wasn't. Yeah. And so it can be hard in that way. I mean, you really have to put a lot of effort into not being right. lonely. I think here at first, and then, and and now, you know grows on you, it becomes home, and I, I love it now. Did you have the Second City community out here? You know what I mean? Uh, like, who is in your I, cast? Uh, my cast was Kevin Dorf, Susan Messing, Tammy Sager, um, Rich Tellerico, uh, TJ Jagodowski, uh, Jim Zulovic, Rachel Dredge, all those guys. Nobody was out here when I first came out. Right. Like, Tammy and Rich joined <clears throat> Mad TV the next year, which was terrific. Right. Oh, Everybody right, there, right, as writers. As writers. Right. And Which was terrific. And... Um, but no, not at first. And like I said, it wasn't unbearable. It's just really, really lonely. I just remember being incredibly lonely. Uh huh. And, and and you know, and the business is hard. You know, you're right. you know always second guessing yourself, and you know, so it can just be a really hard place if you don't land right. I land. I felt like I landed right. Good. I, I, but I don't. I don't audition anymore. I mean, mm. my 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 career is very different than I think the majority of people that are out here because uh, I don't audition. I travel around the world teaching improvisation, and mm -hmm. you know, it's really been an amazing um, uh, evolution mm -hmm. and the idea of finding your voice. And I think mm -hmm. that once you find your voice out here. That's when, once you accept it, because you don't find it, you accept it, uh -huh. that my career is going to be different than your career is going to be different than her career is going to be different than their, from mm -hmm. their career. Mm -hmm. And what I'm here to do is, this city will let me do what it is that I want to do if I'm certain of what it is that I want to do. I think you're absolutely right. And it's very difficult to make that declaration that I don't audition anymore. I don't because everybody expects that, oh, but you're here. Right. You're here. You must on some level, I did, no, I, nope, I don't. And I'm quite happy with this, like, right. world I've carved out for myself. But there is always this, like, expectation that why well, else I, would you be here? Or, I'm really kind of wondering. I, <laughs> I keep watching TV saying, and, and this, I, I'm intentionally using this word, um, sh should I want to be on this show? Should I feel a yearning that I'm not auditioning for this show? And mm -hmm. um, no. Because if I was supposed to, I would. And my being mm -hmm. out here, does, it just means that I'm out here. Mm -hmm. And I'm out here with me. Mm -hmm. And with my voice. And with mm -hmm. my joy. And with my, uh, my plan mm -hmm. that, I, that could change in any minute. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. You know, I may wake up tomorrow and go to Ralph's and go, green apples and olive oil. <laughs> is what I need to <laughs> and do. Stones. I think, I, I think my issue is I have too many stones. And then I'll, then I'll want to audition. Right. And you know what I'll do? I will take a picture and I'll send it to Bob. And he'll go, my stones look nothing like that. That was not, no, that's green apples and olive oil. <laughs> Mine were stones. Don't listen to what Stephanie says. Mine and you looked stone. at his stones. I did. Yeah. I did look because I love him and he was very excited about them. Right. 
But then I didn't hide my, you, Bob, you realize, you realize how ridiculous this is, how awful it is. Oh. Yes, that, that you've made me come in here and look at this. But, and, and what I, and he, he doesn't realize it. And he doesn't, he's just like, no, there's nothing and awful about And he doesn't hold on to it either. No. It's not like he goes, do you remember that time? That really hurt my feelings. I can't, no. I don't know that I, I don't think I could see him doing that. No, no, not at all. No, not on, not about that. No. That kind of stuff. No. 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 And, and, and again, having people like that in our lives where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. Oh, God. I just, I just love hanging out with people who don't have residual anger issues or if we had a fight, we both are able to let it go oh. and just let it go. That has taken us a really, really long time to, to get to mm -hmm. is that, oh, yeah, you can have a really ugly, gnarly fight and then just make the choice to just pretend... Not that it didn't happen, but just to kind of shake it off like a duck, right. and uh, and and both move on. And uh, you can't. You both have to do it. One of you can't just do it. Oh my God, I totally agree with that because and, and it's the idea of surrender. Mm -hmm. You got. You both get to surrender. Yeah. And if you don't both surrender that, and surrendering doesn't mean giving up. It just means letting go of that which no longer serves you. Right. And that, uh, that argument, it served us in that moment. The energy that we had together served us in that moment. And let's let that go. Because and my ego wants me to hold on to that and go, but she fucked you over. Mm -hmm. And she I was right. Right. And that thing, too. Somebody I needs was, to acknowledge I was right here. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Someone needs to. Yeah. Someone. Because I know I'm right. Would you acknowledge for me? It's like, oh, my God. Really? Just You're bringing that in? Yeah. You're bringing that in. Yeah. Yeah, we've resisted the temptation and we haven't done that. Our, our marriage is doomed. I've been bragging too, too, <laughs> paying it too many compliments today. I keep today. thinking about like all, all the, the work, like, the, like living with an improviser, living with an artistic person, being around that, that energy. And it's not like you're always thinking like, wouldn't that seem great? But you're bringing in the philosophy of we're here right now and whatever happened in the past happened. Mm -hmm, and whatever's mm -hmm, happening mm -hmm. now, that's what's happening now. Yeah, yeah. It is... Directly that skill, not hanging on to that last scene that you just did. Right, exactly. That last and, scene and in the committing, kitchen that you yes, had. Yes, and committing fully, whether it was good or bad, you're not still giggling at your jokes that you made back there, that got such a or trying to repeat them or whatever. You're moving on to the next to the next thing. I think there's also something about the, like, removing this from the, from the domestic, and, but in a scene, um, when I do something that I really like, mm -hmm. I get to go, I really like what I just did. And not feel like I'm, I'm being egotistical or I'm, you know, mm -hmm. hubris or whatever the other ones is like, oh, I liked what I just said. I liked the way that I said that. That was really fun to do. And I'm so glad mm -hmm. that I did that. Because we don't get to look at what we did mm -hmm. and go, that pa this painting, I did that, this painting. We don't mm -hmm. get to have that physical thing. No, no, it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. So I got to appreciate it in that moment because mm -hmm. it's gone. Yeah. And those little afterglow moments after the show when you can kind of, you know, like, ah, that was such a fun scene. And it's very important to register that just so you can be like, I want more of that. I and made those good choices. How did that, you know, how, what was the math on that? Oh, I said yes to that. And right. then I, and then I explored this area there, you know, or whatever. Um, so there's real value in taking note of those things. And it's those things, taking note of those things off stage as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I am I'm happy with where it is that I am right now. How did this, how did, look at this. Not, not that it matters how it happened, but I'm sitting in this chair, I really like this chair. How look at this chair, I like this chair. Um, I, you're here, and mm -hmm. I, made, I made the call to say, come over, and then mm -hmm. you came over. It's like, well, that was exciting right there. At the moment that you go, oh, Stephanie's coming over, that's really great. And then we come over and we talk, and then the moment that we've had, and the laughter that we've had in that moment, to appreciate those things. And I would think having children, you probably do that all the time. Where you go, oh mm -hmm. my God, this isn't going to happen again. Yeah, all the time. And uh, yeah, I feel, and you fulfill every cliche that you hear about. And I can already, you know, the mothers that have just had the babies, you know, which wasn't that long ago for me, I already am just bored by their ch chitter chatter. <laughs> like, yeah, that's great that that new, they're so sweet. They are sweet, and I take that with that. But I'm recognizing how annoying I am at this stage because it's their, they're your kids and they're amazing and they and I want to share little right. quotes and I don't hold back and I even I had dinner with a friend last night who right. couldn't you know I've known Mike McDonald uh -huh. good friend known right. him forever and he's always very polite doesn't really give two shits about my the cute thing my kid did doesn't want to watch the video <laughs> I know that he knows that but if I'm gonna sit there and look at pictures of his new dog god damn it he's gonna watch my son sing Puff the Magic Dragon at the beach <laughs> because <laughs> because right. I you know I had something to do with this kid coming in that right. dog is its mother can show pictures <laughs> of it right. um, but I realize I realize how you know I, I, I know what it is right. I, it, but I'm loving I, I love it oh god I get it I, I get it. it I get it I get it after, after uh, reading Nia's book there was because I was thinking, is it going to fall into, and then Ilaria did this, and it was so cute, and then that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a book about adoption, but mm -hmm. and it's a book about finding what it is and, 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 and having the tenacity and the drive and, and, and letting go of we couldn't naturally have a baby and how many in vita fertilizations uh. she had. So it was the, the whole building up of that. And then they, they, they adopt this wonderful child. And <clears throat> uh, they adopt this wonderful child, and... And I was thinking, is, it, is she going to keep talking about it? And then when she woke up one morning, it was really cute, and right. she says, mm, and, and, and she had a little of that, and when she did that, she laughed at herself in the she book. Did. Oh, uh -huh. She went, um, I've turned into that person. Because yeah. you could easily turn into that person. Yeah. You kind of you know, you owe it to your kid to be that person. Nobody else is going to be singing their praises, and sh you know what I mean? I'm kind of my kid's agent right now. Right. And they're, they're manager, and I'm like, this is a great kid, everybody. <laughs> Look over here. See how this kid, if I can just make you think about my kid once today, when you're in your conversations and you're saying, and you repeat it, then I have done my kid. A service. I've done my job exactly. as their agent and manager. Yes. Right, right, yeah, yeah. right. You got a picture? Uh, I have a picture, but I have even better uh, the video of him singing Puff the Magic Dragon at the beach that I'm going to... Um, okay. Can you make it louder? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, about, yeah like yeah. suddenly an old man. Yeah. Hold on. Okay. You got it? Yeah. No, Takes a second to get there. There's some time. Sorry. Takes a second to get there. Can you see so the magic dragon? Got the magic dragon, there's the magic sea. Mama! Oh, there's my daughter looking for equal stage time. 
<laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I know he and doesn't he's know a ginger. All the word. He is. He is. He did look. He's a surprise. I had him at home, or we would think there was a mix, and uh, it was some sort of mix-up because he he Bob's dad. But was, you're a ginger. I am. Uh, but you've seen Bob. I yeah. mean, like, what are the chances that a pale, ginger-headed, blue-eyed would show up at our, you know, in our house? <laughs> and he's Bob's been asked at the grocery store because Bob also looks like he's. 19 years old. He does. Which is a big pet peeve of mine because it's not getting any better for <laughs> me. We go to restaurants and he gets carded. It's so aggravating. And, and I don't. They don't, right. they don't bother to card right. me. And um, right. anyway, but he was at the store and somebody asked if he was the nanny. Uh, he was the manny oh, of Errol. Yeah. Oh, he's not yours, is he? And Bob's like, you better be mine. Um, but Bob's dad was blonde-haired and blue-eyed, so mm-hmm. he has some recessive whatever. So right. it has to have an, some and you know Bob's got blue eyes. So anyway, yeah, he's a surprise. He's a big surprise. Oh my God, oh, that's great. Okay, uh, let's let's end there. Awesome. That was really good. Oh, thank you. This oh was so God. much fun. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrosowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic. Are you waiting for that perfect time to start your dream business? It's now. Whether you're setting up an LLC, S-Corp, sole proprietorship, or nonprofit, LegalZoom takes care of you from start to finish. For more information, go to LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom is not a law firm and provides self-help services at your specific direction, but there's so much more. Now every LLC and incorporation package includes an easy-to-use business accounting software, a $269 value, free. Be sure to enter ADD Comedy in the referral box at checkout. Start your business, protect your family, and safeguard your assets at LegalZoom.com today.